It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Tuesday, January 30th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. I was really wondering how the Flyers are going to dig themselves out of a losing streak here. Food for thought. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. You can find us over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, happy start of not spring break, I guess yep. it is right now. Yeah, it's a weird time. Very weird time. Um, we are going to get to Phantoms Tuesday today, a very important uh, week and lots of good discussions to come on that front. But uh, first, uh, the Flyers are now on a five game losing streak. And we said that was the exact opposite of what needed to happen going into this break. Uh, we knew that, you know, the Flyers have been tired. They've been a little banged up. Not that every other team isn't banged up to some degree, too, but um, we could see it in the play of certain individuals, uh, Sean Couturier a little bit, Travis Konechny, definitely, oh, yeah. you know, a couple other guys. And so I think, you know, it's good to just take a breath right now as like it's all quiet on the uh, Flyers news front right now and just say, you know, should we be worried or is this you know part of the course for this season? Well, I mean, if you're worried then that means you think they were a playoff team and you probably shouldn't have thought that. I mean, that's just the easiest way I could say that. Um, there's not a lot of worry here, but there's some like, you know, things now that you want to see take place that should take place. And we don't know. Cause again, John Torella holds the cards and some of these things, but as an example, you know, with the time off, uh, create some new lines, visualize, if nothing else, the power play, revisualize it. And, come out with a different strategy for it. There's things like that that are that are costing them games and points that are potentially fixable. The goaltending thing may not be fixable. Like, and that's not to say, you know, Sam Urson isn't going to win some games. He is. But he's probably not going to win as many without Carter Hart because of, like we talked about, not having that guy behind him that he has nothing to worry about or knowing that if he has an off day, he's got Carter Hart to kind of bail them out there's really nothing to bail them out now so that's something well, but to your point as far as revisualizing some things i think this gives them an opportunity to say okay let's look how cal peterson plays and let's let's rethink some of our defensive structure a little bit to account for that that's and good. and maybe make some of those adjustments there to account for the goaltending and to make sure that the players know how to play in front of both Samerson and Cal Peterson in a, the most effective way. And that could be very different. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, or, you know, 
make sure you start Felix Sandstrom the next three or four in a row in Lehigh and see if he plays any better. Because if he does, then maybe try and call him up. Because he's probably still better than Cal Peterson. That's just in my estimation. Either way, good thoughts on that. They need some young, fresh legs. Like, no matter how you look at it, the culture thing is only going to take you so far with some of the guys on the roster. Now, Mark Stahl has been sitting a lot, so that's fine. And he's going to have to continue. I mean, there's no there's no way around that. But um, right. I don't know if Hathaway needs to play every game. You know, that whole fourth line, other than Paling, could be whole, totally reimagined. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Um, you know, I, I was going to bring this up in the Phantoms Tuesday section of the show, but I think this lends itself more naturally in terms of Ali Lixol. And, uh, you know, does he stick this time? Because he is fresh legs to some degree. Mm-hmm. He he does offer a new set of skills to bring to the team. And he's not a fourth liner, that's for sure. But, you know, and with Bobby Brink down, like there, there's a complexity to that. And we'll get into more of that yeah. um, later in the show. But I do think that Lixel brings some energy and uh, he is willing to try new things. We, we've seen it already. They've increased his minutes and he's taken some chances and had some really cool scoring opportunities uh, so far. And, you know, maybe he sticks this time in order to provide some of that. Yeah, even, you know, I'd be willing to still even put him on the fourth line if that's the only way he's going to play. And maybe, you know, John can get him nine minutes a game, 10 minutes a game. It still might be okay for him because he still could help the team. I mean, look, Nick Delorier has got three points. He's a minus nine. At this point, he's probably better being a coach than a player. There's no point playing him anymore. Like, it's just, there isn't. If you want to keep Hathaway out there for fights, okay, knock yourself out. But, um, you know, some of these spots, if you put some younger players in there, some of your younger players, uh, you might find that there's some things that could happen that are good. I mean, again, you know, even if we look at Hathaway, he's got six points, but he's a minus 14. Like, he's really not adding a lot to the lineup, to winning. Uh, they've gone. He's through, taken some bad penalties. A bunch of bad penalties. And, and so it's like, at this point, who is he teaching? There's not that many young players on the roster. There's some. So, like, who is he actually influencing at this point? Like, I remember that argument, but now I'm kind of wondering, like, how many guys is he really influencing? Right. And it goes back to the discussion of redundancy, right? When you have, like, you don't need three guys on your team that are physical and will get into a fight if you need it. You need guys that play physical, but, you know, Travis Konechny plays physical, Mm -hmm. Scott Lawton plays physical, and they bring additional stuff that maybe those guys like Hathaway and Delorier don't bring as much to their games. And um, I, I think that, you know, that's where the difference is. You don't need three of the same kind of guy out no. there at once. No, I mean, they really and should. Nick Sealer. Right. Sorry, it should have brought him up too. Yeah. I mean, they really should reimagine the fourth line as more of a scoring line now, like move into the future. Uh, send just send Delorier down to to Lehigh. If and if anybody wants him, they'll get him. That's fine. If they don't, then that tells you you did yep. the right thing. You know, if you want to keep Hathaway around, that's fine. But he doesn't need to play every game. And that's where you could start rotating in and out, guys. And I'm sure when we get to the Phantom segment, we could talk about 
some players that are deserving of chances. And some of that needs to go on now. I understand that you're in playoff position, but I think we could all read the writing on the wall for the goaltending unless they all of a sudden trade for a goalie, which I don't foresee. But, I, you know, no. anything's possible. But I don't foresee that. So I think you have to start looking at it like the beginning of the year again. Like, okay, this was good. Um, there's still some things. There's nothing wrong with winning if you could do it. But now let's get more of these other guys involved because only, you know, 32 games left in the season and there's a lot of future ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that really looking at that defensive structure is important, not yes. just for the goaltending side of things. I mean, yes, you know, you do have to tailor it to different style of goaltending than you than you have been. But also, I think you know, that balance of being aggressive on the forecheck and playing a well-structured defense is something we talked about earlier in the season that they were doing very well. I don't think they've been doing that quite as well recently. And no. I think that's allowed other teams to, you know, get opportunities on the rush. It's allowed teams, you know, we just talked about Boston scoring a ton of goals net front, and that's because they were getting multiple chances. Like, how, how are we clearing the puck? You know, how how are we setting up an effective breakout, which I think looked a little better earlier in the season. Now, you know, as teams get more tape on on you, they're going to learn how to combat that. So I understand there's like a give and take with all that. But yeah, let's take this break and and figure some stuff out here in terms of getting back to that more disciplined defense with an effective breakout. Right. So now looking at that defense, the top four can be reimagined. You could go back to Sanheim, York. Um, you could put Drysdale on the second, which he's much better to be on. You could break up Sealer and Walker, which I think at this point should be, because when you see when you face better teams, they can't hold their own. Yeah. They can't. Right. So why not have a, you know, a, a second pairing that gives you hope for the future and top pairing, a top four that you say, okay, this is one that may not look as pretty today as when it looked for, you know, these guys early in the year, but they can work towards a goal, like they can get better. And maybe by the end of the year, I actually know what my top four is going into next year. This way, yeah. you're not going to know. You're just playing Sealer Walker and you're going to trade one of them. You're going to keep one of them. And then you're not going to know for next year. Right. And you're not going to know for the rest of this year who to pair them with. Like you can't use that time as your experiment. Right. Why not do it now? I think that's an absolutely fair point. And all of this is doable. I think that's yeah. the important point is, is that for the flyers where they are now in the rebuild and this season, all of this is doable. Let's hope they take some time on the coaching side during this break to think about all these things and get back to our winning ways uh, after the all-star break. In the meantime, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms have played another couple of games. Lots to talk about about them and Bobby Brink. We'll get to that coming up next. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. You know, I, I got to tell you, I, I really think the over is the way to go uh, for this one. I think San Fran's offense is peaking. I think Mahomes is almost unstoppable, and I think it's going to be a shootout and come down to the last possession. That's what I think for this Super Bowl. We'll see. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, 
how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets of your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports book partner of the NFL. Today's episode is brought to you by Factor. It's not too late to get started on resolutions with Factor, so you're ready for this year. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success this year. You can skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. They've got over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie, smart, vegan, and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and delicious options to kickstart your resolutions. They offer loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on my schedule. And Factor is flexible. You can change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, or you can pause or reschedule anytime. Skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is cheaper and more delicious than takeout. So head to factormeals.com slash locked on NHL 50 and use that code locked on NHL 50 to get 50% off. That's code locked on NHL 50 at factormeals.com slash locked on NHL 50. On tomorrow's show, we'll be having a massive mailbag. So get those questions in. You can email us at lockedonflyers at gmail. You can send us a message on Twitter or comment over on our YouTube channel. Russ, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, first off, kind of flew under the radar. <laughs> Well, I just want to say, first off, uh, it flew under the radar. Jordy Bellery was traded to the San Jose Barracuda for future considerations. Good Mm -hmm. luck to him. Um, Not sure what those considerations will be, but it was clear that, you know, there's been a log jam. So it's good for too many forwards. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good for him to get a spot somewhere else uh, for an AHL level player there. Yeah. Two losses this week, uh, one to Wilkes-Barre Scranton, one to the Marlies, both that involved uh, comeback attempts that did not come to fruition. The The Marlies game, it was a shootout loss, but I would say that game against Wilkes-Barre Scranton was more heartbreaking because they came back from three goals down to tie it and then wound up losing in regulation like Wilkes-Barre Scranton scored, I think it was like a minute and a half or so left in the game. Just, just brutal. And I I feel like these two games were both, um, were uplifting and then demoralizing in the worst way possible. Yeah, especially the, the, uh, the Wilkes-Barre game that, you know, that one, you know, you could say it was on national TV because a lot of people had it on their, um, it was on NHL network. Yeah. So, uh, it just showed off some of the, uh, things that are going on with them and just how they looked asleep. Uh, early in the first period. The the thing that got me the most, though, was I always look at games and say, um, who are the guys that you want out there that you're double shifting, that you're doing to try and either win or keep a game the way it is? And I don't know, with three minutes to go, J.R. Avon was out there, and I was like, why? He's on a third line for you. Um, why is that? You know, it didn't make sense. You usually want some more veterans out there or some rock rock solid defenders and maybe a 
great offensive player in case they can, you know, break it and you could get the win that way. But in no way, shape, or form were they even even have the right personnel to lock that one down to try and get the tie and go to overtime. It was upsetting just because they had gotten the tie. That's yes. the thing is they had gotten the tie and it, it just like slipped out from, a, you know, between their fingers. And your point about Avon, it's interesting because, you know, in that game, he was up on the second line mm-hmm. initially. Um, he wound up getting like moved down or they, they restructured a little bit, I think mostly because Wade Allison came back, but Avon right. was then moved down to the third line. But he has, for the most part, looked really good. And he is fast. And, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of creativity he has has been great. Um, but I, your point stands because th- it was this crucial situation where he just doesn't have the experience. No, you're playing against that. a veteran team that you have trouble right. against. Right. But um, you you look at what uh, Lappy said about it uh, after the game or, or was like the pregame interview for the next day's game. And he's like, you know, this is a, a learning league. This is a teaching league. And you have to put these guys out there in these sorts of situations so that they learn. And and, you know, J.R. Avon is definitely learning from this mistake. And so I think I, I get it to some degree, but also like you you need to get some points here, but right. This is <laughs> like, the problem. And maybe I, they're probably maybe have... that needs to take priority here. Right. The learning is fine. Some of that stuff at the end of the game is fine. When, you know, you have a certain amount of points in the bank, like you're still, yes, you are a developing league, but you also want these guys to go through a playoff run like last year and you're nowhere near it now. So hoping that he could do it now and then when he fails and you say, well, that was a good learning experience, but you're deeper in the hole. Like all he's learning is that, yes, I could do better on that. But your learning is a team that you're falling out of the playoffs. So I think I think that's a, a problem more than a help. I understand the help part, but I, it's more of a problem for me. Right. I think in this particular situation, I think in many situations, I would say put him out there in this situation. I don't think especially against that team. If you want to say it's a team you don't face normally. okay. but this is a team, you know, you have trouble with. Yeah, absolutely. Against the Marlies, they were down two goals uh, and, you know, they come back and then, you know, nothing happens in overtime and and then they lose in the shootout. But they shouldn't have to come back like this. Like they should not have these lulls like they're having. And I think that has been a problem with this team is like comebacks are fun every now and again, but you don't want to make a habit of it. No, no, you don't. Um, I think, uh, you know, the most important thing to talk about from an individual perspective here is Bobby Brink, because Mm -hmm. uh, we, we all know that, you know, he was sent down to the phantoms under, I would say there were clear, you know, instructions from John Tortorella say, here's what he needs to work on. Like that, that was very clear in terms of, Mm -hmm. you know, he wanted to improve his checking. He wanted to prove his play away from the puck, his thought process going into things. And he wanted to get more ice time and more confidence to work on these things. I don't think confidence is a problem for Bobby. No, it's not, you know, it's not, but I can understand some of the other stuff, but, um, I think he's taken this in stride so far uh, with a goal on Friday and two goals on Saturday. Uh, and I, it's, it is an interesting question whether or not this stint, however long it may be, 
uh, will do him good. Yeah, I mean, he, he's played like 90 pro games, right? And like we had said, he's going to be 23. You know, at this point, the AHL is not going to do him much good. It's not because he's just a notch above. Right now, he's a quadruple A guy. You could see it. But he could yeah. possibly be more than that. But you're only going to find that out if you have him in the NHL lineup. And and I think that's the issue. And he could have played more NHL games, but, you know, he sat some. So now he's, you know, at eight, 38 games, you know, with 18 points, and he's a plus seven. Honestly, in a vacuum, they're not bad numbers. And I'm not sure what the extra, you know, concern is here other than, yes, okay, you want him checking better. Well, you could tell him that every game, and eventually he's going to get it. Sending him down was just – it was a bit much for me. And he should be the first guy called up now. But that doesn't mean you should have Lixell go down either. Right. That's the complexity, right, that we were talking about before. I don't want the same carousel of guys happening anymore. Like, I think they should be past that, but I don't know if they are. Yeah, and that's where like this logjam is, is a problem. And I also just worry about Samu Tuamala and his development as like an after effect of of what's going on with the other guys because he's kind of getting tossed around with you know different line mates, different opportunities, yeah. different placement. Like it, it's not good for him either. I think in his development this year. Now, does it add to resiliency and flexibility and give you, you know, some of that? Sure. I, I absolutely understand that. Um, but I, I do think like they have to step back a little bit and think more holistically about this plan because it doesn't seem like there is one. Or if there is a plan, maybe there is a plan and we just don't know. Tell us. Tell us, please. Right. Like what's happening? Right. No, I agree. I, I think. Like with Tuamala, you know, you don't expect him to play in the NHL for the next couple of years. So I think the path he's on is fine. Brink, you need to find out. Because if Brink starts out next year in the AHL, then he's probably not in your future plans. I mean, that's that's the cold, harsh reality. So I think this is the season to find that out. If you lose some yeah. some what you call playoff points, so be it. But do you really think you have the goaltending to get you to the playoffs now? I, you know, I think that's going to be reassessed too. So and that's not Bobby Brink's fault. Like, you know, it's like he's, he shouldn't be looked at like, hey, when he comes up, he's going to really, you know, he should be like our third, fourth best scorer. No, he probably shouldn't. So those are things that I think could affect both, you know, Lehigh and, and the Flyers. And it doesn't seem like they're working in concert. It doesn't. No, uh, there, there's more to talk about uh, on this front. I want to talk a little bit about the line Bobby Brink was on. I want to talk about the power play for the Phantoms, which was actually quite good uh, in these couple of games. So good stuff there. We will do that coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your parts guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need, the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. You can go to Locked On Sports Today over on YouTube and subscribe. Russ, the, the line that Bobby Brink was on was with Rhett Gardner and Samu Tuomala. And the thing about that line in these couple of games is the chemistry that Brink and Tuomala wound up having was very good. Gardner mm-hmm. was like a very a good like backstop center for that line, right? Um, which worked out well. Like you know what he was doing really supported Brink and Tuomala, I think. But I, it just gave me like a very happy glimpse into the potential future of the Flyers, and I really liked what I saw. Yeah, I think that's fair to say that. Uh, I thought it looked good too. I thought, you know, Gardner, I, I got why they put him there and that was fine with me. Yeah. The other two were the scorers. So that's good. And yeah, it all seemed to work. Brink um, had his smile going and, and his confidence was going. So all those things were positive to Amala. I felt like got a little frustrated because he wants to help bring the team back in some of these games. And, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, he's a rookie in this league, so his time will come to be able to start doing that, but it's probably not there yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the power play was quite good for the Phantoms, and and that was actually a big part of the comeback attempts. And that's the upside to the comebacks, right? Yeah. Where uh, you know the power play was clicking two for three on Friday. They were two for four on Saturday, and in fact, they scored two power play goals on the same power play because they had a five on three and then a five on four, and they scored on both. And it. Um, it was really refreshing, honestly. And uh, yeah, Bobby I haven't seen up that from the big club. So that's nice to see from some club. Right, exactly. And so that was really good to see. Uh, Bobby Brink got his second goal was the five on three goal. Right. In in that game on Saturday. But, you know, he got the job done. And yeah, I, I think that's what you want. That's it is what you want. And it's really important. And so um, I really like that, especially because the power play for the Phantoms had started out so strong this season and had been slipping a little bit. Uh, and so it was good to see them have like a real dominant um, couple of games on, on special teams. Yeah, uh, it, it for, was for nice to see that. Um, one of my other questions is why is Victor Mete on the second pairing? He's not a a good defensive defenseman. Yes, he's okay moving the puck, and he can get you some points. Clearly, he's not what he was supposed to be when he came out of London because, you know, nine points in 30 games. Like, okay, but he's a minus also. And I just look at that, and yeah. I'm like, why? Why is he well getting those minutes? Yeah. When, you know, you could have Yinning and Adder up on the second pairing. Now, maybe that moves Samson down, but I think it'd be okay to move Samson down because – Adderd and Yinning, if I were the coach, I'd want that to be my third pairing next year if if they if they both hit it right because they're both really good. But, you know, again, Sealer might have something to say about that. But just in theory, it'd be nice if you brought up a pairing that had cohesiveness right out of the gate. That's something that some teams have done before. Right. And, and I see them doing that because Emil Andre and Helge Granz are their top pairing. And right. in a you know, in the pecking order, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. That that's your top pairing. And 
in a weird logic sort of way, you can't put Mete lower than the second pairing because he's the quote unquote more NHL ready of anybody on the but blue I'll use line. Lappy's line, but it's a development line. It's a development league. No. He's not developing anymore. Right. But I think he feels like Samson needs a Mete with him. And so that's like where it ends right. up. So you can and have him with him on the third pairing. And I think your second right. pairing would actually be better. Sure. I agree. I'm just like, this is I, me talking from Lappy or, and the yeah. coaching standpoint about yes. what their logic is and which I, I get it, but it's, I, I don't think it's good for Jenning and Adderd in the long run. I, I think that, they should be part of the future of the Flyers blue line and should be getting as like, many minutes, minutes as they can. But, yeah. They're not going to get, but, and Adder, Adder gets those power play minutes. He does. So um, we should be but clear about a that. defensive defenseman. Like how many of those do yeah. the Flyers actually have? Well, <laughs> that is a, a very good turn question. Resto into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's real interesting in Lehigh Valley's choices are being made. Um, and I think, you know, like we said last week, we talked about it very extensively uh, that we're at sort of a breaking point here. And, um, you know, do you start thinking about Lappy's job being on the line? And I, I think that, you know, there's something to that. I don't know. I don't like, I it's very hard to tell. Dispersed from within the organization. And I'm not against that. I'm just saying yeah. a new AHL coach might be the way to go because I do think they have to move into the future with this. And they had a, a a surprising year last year, and you're not following it up with a very good year at all. This is not like, look, I'm not saying you have to make the playoffs every year. What I'm saying is you should be a playoff contender, and they're not even that. Yeah, yeah. There's just questions to be answered and looking for more cohesiveness between the, the phantoms and the flyers. I think that's, that's really, you know, a part of it. Um, in the meantime, the phantoms have, uh, three games this week, but, uh, they've got a Wednesday game tomorrow with Hershey in town Friday. Again, Hershey is in town top team in the division. Like how to win these games, make or break it. Yeah. Got to win these games. And then, you know, they fix uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton again, because oh. now now we're in the Wilkes-Barre Scranton mode for the rest of the season, it feels like. And in big, important games, they got to get these points. You're going to come out with a, with a, a lot of points in this, and it's going to be hard. Yeah. So we'll check in again on them next week. Uh, we'll see what happens with Lixel after the break. We'll see what happens with Bobby Brink. Uh, just a lot to keep an eye on with the Lehigh Valley. I think we didn't even mention Denoye. Like he skated well, but that's Ugh. he's so not in the flow. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So lots to dig into week to week with that team. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Uh, we will have our mailbag episode tomorrow so send those questions in via twitter at lockdown flyers you can email us at lockdown flyers at gmail or comment over on youtube i'm rachel i'm on twitter at r miriam that's r m i r i a m i'm russ i'm at sportsology s-p-o-r-t-s-o-l-o-g-y have a great day everyone